Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. We are in a hope summit. Amen. And you might say, well, what in the world is a hope summit? Well, I believe this, and we're going to look. I'm, I'm probably going to be all over the place, so hallelujah, just bear with me, because I really believe that today we have to learn the power, the power of hope. Amen? Because I think in the church world, we kind of used hope like, I don't want to say it was a bad word, but people weren't really into it. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, well, you know, you know, well, hope is in faith and faith is in hope. And I want you to look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. I switched gears already. Amen. Well, who didn't know this was going to happen? Hebrews 11.1, 1, and we can look at it. And we'll look at it first, we'll look at it in the King James, and then we can look at it in the Amplified Bible, because I think it's important that you get the greater understanding of the Word of God. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Okay? So we understand, now faith is the substance or the material of things hoped for. So before we even get going, I've got a question. If I don't have hope for the situations and circumstances of life, my faith has no work. Now faith is the substance or the materialization of things hoped for. Now, this is going to be one of the, I believe that this is going to be one of the most powerful three days. I'm serious. Like, I'm going deep. Like, this ain't like, this is like, I, I, don't, I don't know how else to do it, so I don't want to try to be something I'm not. Not deep like you're not going to get it, but if you really want to get it, you're going to get it. You're going to understand this. That's what I want. I want divine understanding for you. So let's look at that. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now I don't know about you, but if faith says it can materialize the things hoped for, and I have to make sure that I know where hope is found and formed because faith cannot materialize the things that are not hoped for. Now, that's very important. Faith has no work without hope in action. Hope, hope produces a picture for faith to fill and materialize. So hope is on your side. And what I want to show you is this. Hope is found in the word of God, but hope is also very, very important. Hope is not only found in the word of God, from the word of God, but hope must be formed in your heart. That is so profound because if you cannot hold hope in your heart, faith in your spirit cannot materialize anything. So guys, I'm telling you, This is going to be really good. So let's just look at it. We'll look at verse 2. For by it, we could pop it up there. For by it, by what? By faith, the elders obtained a good report. So what does that mean? For by faith, you see, you can't get a good report until faith materializes the things hoped for. See what I'm saying? What do you mean? Obtained a good report. Well, Jesus said the evil report was when you said something different than what God said. You 
you get a good report when you take your faith and apply it to hope. And let me explain something about faith. Faith has been given to me and you. We're going to look at this. I'm, going to, I'm telling you, the minute I got in this thing, I got scriptures flying around in my head, so you're going to have to pray for me. You could see this. It's very important. Okay? Now watch this. Okay? Because you know we're going, to go to, we're going to go to Romans chapter 12, and I want you to show you this. But a good report, for by it, for by faith, the people of God obtained a good report. Well, how do you get a good report? You allow faith, you allow faith, filled words, see, a good report, because look at, look at verse 3. Here we go. Through faith, we understand that the world was framed. Through faith, through faith, through faith. Now, I'm going to say something here. Now, you got to pull this in. By faith, through faith, with faith, God's faith, faith produced the world that we're living in. It was framed by the word of God. Now, you got to get something here. What framed the world? The word of God. How did the word of God frame the world we live in? It was spoken. The word of God is the framework that produced everything we see. But before the word of God was ever found in the earth, it was found in God. Now, now don't lose me here. When we find the word of God in the word and allow it to produce hope in our heart, and we hold on to hope, faith uses the same force that it did in the beginning to materialize what things we hope for. Now, it's going to come in word form. Eventually, it's got to be released out of you. But unreleased beliefs produce nothing. Unreleased beliefs produce nothing. But I got news for you. Beliefs that are never formed cannot produce the faith to change your world. Beliefs that are never formed. That means in the arena of the soul, you have to start forming some beliefs for faith to materialize. Just look right here. We're going to look at this in the Amplified Bible now. Hebrews 11, 1, 2, and 3. The classic version of the Amplified I like better because I just think it reads a little bit more, expounds a little more. Very, very important. You don't have problems, guys. You just need systems. I'm going to say something. Um, I'm okay with it. Somebody says, well, God is not a formula. No, God's an order. That's not a formula. A formula is not an order. It's different. God does orderly things. If it's not in order, God's not part of it. Okay? So God is giving you godly order to produce the promises of God. If he give you and me godly order, then we need to use the order he gave us. Come on. So you got to share, host a watch party, click this thing, get this stuff out. Next three days, I'm telling you, watch this over and over and over and over again. These powerful truths will change your life forever. Now, faith. Now watch this. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Okay? Now, you got to pull that in. What do you mean the title deed? It's the, it's the title deed is the paperwork found from the word of God. 
Did you send it like a title deed for your house? You know, somebody just asked me the other day, you know, like, oh, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, you got you to gotta have your, your, your title or anything to a car has your name on it. That's the rightful owner, okay, of things we hope for being, now, wait a minute. Now, faith is the paperwork or the title deed or the assurance or the confirmation of things we hope for. Now, I got a question for you. What happens if you have no hope? You have no faith. This is why most, most people do not get even into phase one. Most Christian people do not even get into phase one of faith to produce anything because in the arena of desire, your soul, they don't have a picture of hope. And because of it, they forfeit the promises of God because they don't understand how are these promises of God going to come to pass. I don't see it. I don't understand it. So instead of keeping the picture of hope from the word of God, they reject and refute and resist the ability of God, not even realizing it. Now faith is a force to materialize what is hoped. But where there is no hope, from the word, there is no chance of change. Did you get that? Now you're saying, Pastor Chris, are you telling me what I think you're telling me? Are you telling me, are you telling me, are you pulling this in? Are you saying that if I cannot form hope from the word of God, then faith cannot produce? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's faith going to do? Faith has no work without hope. Faith without hope is dead. Everybody says, show me the action. You can't see the action until hope has its force in there. Hope comes from the word. Hope's the anchor of the soul. We're going to look at all this. I'm going to show you one of the greatest mysteries of this thing, man, and it is strong. I promise you, it is so strong. It's like it's like life-changing strong. I'm, I'm being serious with this, right? So watch this. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Man, conviction, conviction of their reality. Woo, man, that's a strong word. Faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed by the senses. You get that? Faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed by the senses. For by faith, trust and holy fervor, born of faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. By faith, we understand that the worlds during this, what, this successive age were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Did you get that? So now I'm getting this. So now what you're saying to me is hope has to be formed so faith can materialize the promise of God. 
Absolutely. Because here's the thing. Faith comes by hearing, okay, hearing, hearing, hearing the word of God. But I really want you to get this. I believe this. In the arena of the soul, faith is accepted or rejected. That is why understanding in Mark chapter 4 is so important. He said, if you don't understand it, well, okay, your spirit doesn't understand it. Your spirit's been designed for it. The Holy Spirit's been designed for the word of God. So now you have to overcome the arguments of the soul. If you do not overcome the arguments of the soul in the arena of hope, faith has nothing to materialize. Faith cannot be released until hope is formed. That is so, that's so good, but so true. So I want you to look at this because I think this is really going to pull it together for you. Um, if you could, if you could see this, let's go to Hebrews. Let's we're in the Passion Translation with this one. Let's go to Hebrews six thirteen. Now I'm going to read the Word of God to you because I think that this this can help you. Hebrews six. All right. It makes a lot of sense. Hebrews six. I want to pull it up. Now, when God made promise to Abraham. Now, now I want you all know where I'm going with some of this because you heard a little bit of this, but I need three days to work this over because I, I got some stuff today. The stuff I'm going to tell you tonight, it's going to mess you up. You know, it really is. It's that strong if you really, really can hear me. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself, right? You got that? Now we're going to go here. Right after this, now just stay with me. Right after this, you're gonna see you're gonna see this window of progression. Okay? You're gonna I got scriptures like flying in my head, so just stay with me. Now, when God made promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself, he swore an oath on his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. So right now, you gotta look. Why can I have hope in every situation of life? From the word of God, because God doesn't lie. God backed up his promise with his own integrity. So you got to build strong foundation there because what happens is my problems look so big, the doctor report looks so big, the financial problem looks so big, this marriage looks like it's a big mess, it's so big. What is the word of God going to do with this? Well, I got news for you. The integrity of God is in his word, and he can change any situation and circumstance in your life. He can change your mind. He can change your body. He can change your world. So he said, have no doubt. I promise to bless you over and over and give you a son and multiply you without measure. So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. Now this is the promise, but there's more to this promise. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves, for the oath will confirm their statements and end all dispute. So, in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promise. So what? His purpose was unchangeable, so God added his vow to the promise. Did you see that? So God said, not only did I give you a promise, I put my word on it. I got a word and a promise. My integrity, my character, I'm backing it up, and the promise of God. 
Why is that so important? Well, because you and I know God's backing up all of his word. He's backing up all of his promises. Now watch this. So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that the promise and his vow will never change. Did you get it? The promise and the vow. Now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time in an unshakable hope. Now, I want you to pull that in, okay? It's impossible for God to lie. Gotcha. For we know the promise and his vow will never change. Sounds good to me. And now we have run into this heart and hide ourselves in his faithfulness. Great. This is where we find strength, comfort, for why? He empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. So God is saying this, ahead of time, I gave you the word of God, which gives you hope that's unshakable. Now that's very, very important. So it's impossible for God to lie. We got a vow that God is true. And he gave you unshakable hope of future promises of God. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our soul to God himself. Now, that is really, really strong. Now, you got to pull this in. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Now, just go slow. I am a spirit. Okay, I have a mind, a will, emotions, correct? Yes, you do. I live in a body. He said, your soul, because of hope, anchored to the word, is now what? It is an anchor holding me to God. Hope is like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Now, I don't know about you, where Jesus, the forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now forever a royal priest like Melchizedek. Now, now I want you to go back to verse 19 just real slow and look at this. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat. That's the presence of God. That was, that's where that mercy seat now has become the throne of grace. Remember, we talked about this. This is why these promises are sure for you. Now, I got to stay here for a minute, okay? So you say, Pastor Chris, this anchor goes to this mercy seat or this Basically, what it is, it's, a thr- it's, the th- it's the throne of grace. Is that okay? Do you, do you understand that? I think that's important that you get an understanding of that because I think, as I'm, I'm pulling up some stuff, I think that you need to get that because if you don't understand that, um, that can, and I talked about that, and sometimes I got to go quick because we're in church and, you know what I mean, I'm rocking and rolling and I got to go, but today I got time. Next three nights, I got time, so that's why I want to pull these scriptures up. You know where I'm taking you, most of you do. I'm going to try to pull you in this um, um, Hebrews 4. Um, you know, and if you get an understanding of Hebrews 4, we could start with um, 4.14. 
because I think this is so important. And if you want to read it, um, we could read it in King James and then we could read it probably in Amplified, but let's just read it in King James so you could see the gist of it. And then once we get over in there, Hebrews 4.14. Now that's what he's talking about because that mercy seat, now I want you to understand this. He says, you went to the mercy seat. Remember we talked about this? Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold where Jesus is or where, and Jesus has what? Gone before us. So now you, you pulled that in, right? Now we understand that Jesus is on that mercy seat. So now picture in your head, here you are in life and here's this rope connected to this anchor that's stuck in that mercy seat. Now here's what you gotta understand. And we talked about this, but I got three days to build it. That's why I love this. This is why I do these things. So I could take my time with you and you go, oh, now I got it. Jesus was the forerunner to go in, right? Blood of bulls and goats only covered. Jesus' blood sanctified forever, cleansed it forever. So now watch what happens. Seeing, look at Hebrews 4.14. Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Now that could be, let us hold fast our confession. Now confession, this is powerful, man. We're gonna eventually get there probably by Friday, okay? We have a great high priest that is passing in. Let us hold fast our confession. Don't let go of your confession. That word profession is confession, same definition. Does that make sense? Why? Because we find we find faith in your mouth. We actually find hope in your mouth too. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, okay? Yet without sin. Very, very important. Let us therefore come boldly. Now this is it. Unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need, okay? Now, what do you mean? Let us come boldly into the throne of grace. That throne of grace is that mercy seat beyond the veil. And Jesus is on that throne of grace. Just like Jesus' blood would go on the mercy seat, just like the blood of bulls and goats would go on the mercy seat, just like Jesus took his blood, put it on the mercy seat, now the New Testament church, we don't need the, the mercy seat. Mercy's already been provided. Now we've got a throne of grace to keep us connected. When we don't hit the mark, Jesus' mercy and grace makes us qualified. Therefore, when the accuser of the brethren tries to rise up and say, you don't deserve that promise. We go running into that mercy seat, that throne of grace, and Jesus, the great high priest and mediator of the New Testament, where we get our hope from. You see this? This is how this works. I'm breaking it down, man. You are getting it, okay? We go in there like, I'm a bozo, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I do some stupid stuff. I still say stupid stuff. I still act goofy. I still don't, you know, measure up per se in some of my behavior. When I'm holding that promise that brings all this stuff and I look at my, my kind of qualification, 
I go, oh my God, maybe because this is what happened. And don't lie. This is what you do. The doctor says you got a bad report. You start looking at your Christianity. When your money gets funny, you start looking at your brand of Christianity. When stuff gets whacked out, like, why God? Why me? Where am I disobedient? Now, listen, listen, let me show you something about this. Disobedience messes up your soul. Disobedience doesn't do nothing to your spirit, it can't, but it messes up your soul. And this is where the problem comes in. When your soul gets messed up, your soul becomes a lousy projector of hope. Ooh, you ain't never heard that before. Man, I'm telling you what, this teaching right here, we're going to make this a three-part series, okay? I'm talking to the team right now. Is they're hearing me? I feel this in the Lord. This is going to be a three-part series. We're going to pull it out Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Hope Summit 2020 is going to change your life forever. So we're going to pull it out. Three-part series. We'll combo pack it. We'll have it ready for you. Go digital download. I, we write a book or something. I got a hope book, but this stuff is, is, is spot on. Okay? So pull this in. So just know we're going to put this together for you. All right? So what am I trying to get you to see? That this is how it works. So when I look at my brain to Christianity and I look at it like, well, I didn't hit the mark. I kind of missed the mark. I know what happens. We all start going, well, that's why. Now hope starts losing its position of picture. So now faith slows down in its materialization because hope has not painted a clear picture for it to materialize. Hope is in your soul. I'm telling you, it's a picture. It's a picture because the word of God produces images. When the word of God produces the image of prosperity, or the word of God produces the image of healing, or the word of God produces the image of peace, it doesn't work in, you know, it doesn't work in wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H. It's not words. Words produce pictures. It's not H-E-A-L-T-H, health. It produces pictures, makes your body feel. It doesn't produce the pictures of P-E-A-C-E. No, it doesn't produce peace like the words. It shows pictures of peace, what peace should feel like, what peace should look like, what peace should be in your mind, what peace should be in your body and your situations. Are you pulling it in? So when the picture gets cloudy because we start looking, but Jesus said, I am your mediator making mediation for you, and when it looks like you're not enough, I'm more than enough. When it looks like you can't do it, I'm the can-do kind of God. This is why hope is never based in your ability, but based in God's word. Faith materializes hope that comes from the word of God. Hope comes from the word just like faith. But the problem is this, that hope has to be formed. I'm going to say this. Hope has to be formed first before faith can even materialize the things you hope. Now, I'm not trying to make this tough. Look at Romans. Let's just go look at this thing. Let's just look at Romans 12, 1, 2, and 3. I want you to look at this. Romans 12, 1, 2, and 3. We're going to go there. We're, we're switching gears a little bit. And, and I think um, the, the thing, uh, um, you know, I, I, I could, you know, if you look at, you could probably go here a hundred times. Um, I, I could take you this too. We could do this too. Just in back of this, I'm going to give you two scriptural places. Just put this down, team. Colossians 1.5, and then we're going to look at Psalms. We're going to look at Psalms. Um, 
119, Psalms 119, 114. Okay? Psalms 119, 114, and 116, and Colossians 1, 5. I don't care what order we give them in in a minute. Let's just go look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. Just write those down. Because I get these things. I pull these things as I go. You know, I get them on the fly sometimes. That's why I'm led of the Spirit. So that's why you need to be praying. You know what I mean? You need to be praying sometimes. How in the world are we going to be praying while we're listening? You just keep pulling and paying attention. You know what's really funny? Um, if you pay attention, even to the if you pay attention, even in the video, this is this is crazy. I I'll, this is the truth though. I'll shoot this before you ever watch it, and and it's like God could do this. I don't know how He does it, but He'll know your level of attention you're giving what I'm saying, and it'll put a draw on me weeks before I come to you. It's God's honest truth, man. You know He's wild. We don't talk like this in church. We should. That's how you go. Oh, I'm cleaning dishes. Leave the dishes in the sink till I'm done. I'm telling you, man, I got a guy, right? I got this guy making a ton of money. The other day at a meeting a couple of weeks ago, it was probably months ago, he said, I need to be paying attention to what you're telling me. I'm going to take this other phone call later and talk to you, Pastor Chris. And I said, oh, okay. He goes, I need, it's more important for me to listen to what you're telling me right now than go make money. Because I'll make more money by listening to you. It's more important you pay attention to what I'm telling you right now than you run around the house. Let the kids stay up 20 more minutes. They ain't going to hurt nobody. They staying up anyway. You know what I mean? Focus. Sit here with a pad and a piece of paper and go, what's this guy saying? Because this guy's telling me how to get this to work. Everybody got a bunch of theory. Nobody tells you how to do it. I was listening to somebody the other day. It made no sense. I said, that makes no sense. How in the world are people going to learn that? They can't learn nothing from that. This is how you do it, though. Okay? Faith. Faith materializes what's hope. If there ain't no hope, then faith has nothing to materialize. So faith comes... By hearing, you know how much rejection goes on because hope hasn't had a target set up? I'm telling you, listen to me. You want to see it? Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to take you there because I want you to see it. You got to know this stuff. I know you know it, but it's good to hear it again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. We know that. That you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Got it. Be not conformed with this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now watch this. For I say, through the grace given unto me. Now go slow. Now this is Apostle Paul telling you, grace was given to me. Well, yeah, that's the same grace we got from that throne of grace. I say through the grace given unto me. Watch, you could say the same thing. Grace was given to me. Grace was given to Paul. Don't think of yourself sharper than you need to think or more hot, but think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Did you get that? God has given you the Measure of faith, right? What's that mean? God gave you the measure of faith. The God-given faith, the God-given faith he gave you. That's what it says. The passion says it in there. We could even, let me see what this thing, wait. I want to look at something here. I know what the passion says. Um, right? Uh, the degree of faith 
uh, apportioned by God. Look at the passion, though. Look at verse 3 in the passion. It says the, it says the degree of faith, the portion of faith, but it, it reads a little clearer for you to pull this in. And we got to take our time because I said we flowing. Everybody say we flowing. We're flowing. Put that in the thing in the comments. We flowing. Flow. Let it, you got to let it flow. You got to flow sometimes. You get in this thing and people, people want a more understanding and you pull it in. It says here, and it says, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you what? Emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly access your worth by using your God-given faith as a standard of measurement. So God gave you his faith. Isn't that Galatians 2.20? Isn't that what Galatians 2.20 said? Paul said this. He said, he said, my, 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 he, said uh, he talked about him not being alive no more. Remember that? He said, I am crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20, we can go there. You can go there and pull that up. I'm crucified with Christ. Let's just look at it. We'll look. We got time. I told you this, man. We got time because we're flowing. Right? Woo. Promise you it's true. I am crucified with Christ. Yep, yep, yep. And then we'll look at this in the passion right after it reads even better. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me. See it? Now watch this. Verse 2, Galatians 2.20, and the passion reads clear. My old identity. Let them get it for you. We got word, this word explosion. They used to have a conference called Word Explosion. I'm going to start having a Word Explosion conference too. Yeah, I'm going to get a bunch of people. And you better be sharing this. I need you to share this because people don't know how this stuff works. They're like, well, you know, just when I try getting hope, I look at my jacked up lifestyle. You're jacked up. I'm going to eradicate that, man. I'm not giving you a license to sin. Not giving you a license to sin. And I'm not going to call it soul sin because that was like a hot thing. Like my soul sins, but it's not me. You are your soul. You are. So don't go give me this baloney because I ain't giving you the past. Chris, don't play. Well, you know, it's my soul that's in. No, no, no. You are your soul. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. All three. My body, my look, if you take your body and you go do something with your body, don't say my body did it. Your body didn't do jack. Your soul and spirit didn't let your body do. I don't know how I got here. My clothes just fell off. No, they didn't. That's funny. You should laugh. My clothes just fell off. I don't know what happened, Pastor Chris. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You lying. You know exactly how they fell off. I'm not preaching no condemnation because you took them off with your soul and spirit and body and your Holy Ghost tongue-talking self. Yeah, it did. I don't know how I got here. It did happen. Shazam. No, baloney. It started with an idea. Your idea was off. You started believing it. Next thing you know, you were there. Next thing you know, you're doing it. And I don't know what you're doing. I don't want to know. I ain't God, and I don't need those images in my head. So God, God bless you. The blood of Jesus covers it. I got to fix myself. I ain't got no time for you. I mean, I'll help you. I'll give you truth. Some of you wacky. Pastor Chris, I don't know what happened. I know what happened. You brought yourself there. Stop it. This ain't no soul sin, because that was a big thing back in the 90s. It wasn't me who sinned. So longer I who sinned. Be quiet. 
The real you is spirit you. That's what God's, when God says it's no longer you who sin, he don't talk to you in the person who you were. He's talking to you about the brand new Christian you are in Christ. That's what he's talking about. But you there. This is why we got to learn this. Watch, I'm going to give you some scriptures in here, man. Let me give you this. My God in heaven. You getting something out of this? You better be. Because I'm working. My old identity has been what? Co-crucified. Woo! What you mean? I was with him on the cross. My God! Somebody shot the box. Feel the Holy Ghost in that. You hear that? Co-crucified. Mm-hmm. I was with him on the cross. That is your new identity to find. See, because the problem is you fighting stuff you already won. That's the problem with the church. They don't know they got the victory. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Look, co-crucified with Jesus the Messiah and no longer lives. You ain't ready for this. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. I was, that's a wrap. Mic drop. Did you just hear what I said? Have you identified yourself there yet? The nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no, now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My God in heaven, are you hearing this? My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. How'd you get alive? Faith made you alive. Faith made you alive. The faith of God, by grace, through faith, you were saved. Listen, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me. Mm. And what dispenses his life into mine? My God in heaven. Man. Did you get that? Did you pull that in? Crucified with him. I'm living, I'm living. Now you're going to say to me, okay, Pastor Chris, what are you trying to show me? Now watch this, watch this, watch this. So what's the problem? Glad you asked. Okay, here's the thing. Now let's go to those scriptures I gave you. Remember them other ones I gave you? Well, you pick, pick whatever one, fling it up there. I don't know. Okay, did you get the Colossians one? Yeah, 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 you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. I don't find it. Did you put, you put it in the King James or what you find it? Passion, passion's great. I like it in the passion. Ready? Look what it says here. Uh, Colossians 1 and 5. And the King James, it might even read a little better, but I'm going to read it in what you got it, and then we'll flip it back over. Okay, Colossians 1 and 5. Now pull this in. Now write these down. Write them down. Write them down. Put them in your phone while I'm taking a minute here to get for, for Okay, your faith and love, uh, okay, your faith and love rise within you as you access all the treasure of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. Well, get that. You see that? For the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard it. This glorious hope 
now that you have believed in the truth of the gospel. Did you get that? The, where's that hope? In the word. Now put it in the King James and let him see it there. Now write that down. Put it in the King James and let him see it. Take your time. Now that's really good. Did you pull that in? I hope you pulled it in. I could go back there, but I want you to see it in the King James too. Because watch this. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, wherein you heard before, in the word of truth of the gospel. Did you get that? For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, the hope of heaven is laid up for you in the word in the earth. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see this? Does that make sense? Hope which is laid up for you in heaven, wherefore you heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which is coming to you as is. Man, this is the grace of God. It's in the word. You got to go in that word and find it. Dig it up. Dig it up. Dig, everybody say, dig it up. Dig it up. You got to hope in that word. Remember I told you, look at Psalm 119. If you got it in the King James, that'll be great. Psalm, was that, was that Psalm, Psalm 119? Woo, look at this. Look at this. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. There's where the hope comes from, the word. Faith comes from the word and hope comes from the word. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Hope first, faith next. Because faith, faith standing there on. The on, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The on switch of faith is never turned off. It's what gives you life. So the minute you say, oh, okay, praise be to God, we're dead, we're doomed, we're destined for destruction, and God goes, hey, you want to believe me? And you go, yeah, I'll believe you. That sounds like a plan. Let me believe you. And Jesus goes, okay, I'll believe you. Watch this, right? Now watch this now. Watch this now. You say, yeah, I'll believe you. Okay. The Bible said, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Come on, what happened? You had hope from the word. You put faith, he gave you his faith to put in the word. You put your faith in the word. Next thing you know, it ignited the hope of God to become faith, which materialized God's greater blessing for your life. My God in heaven, you better pull this in because this is how it works. And now that faith, the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. What you mean, the Zoe God kind of life? Faith is the thing keeping you alive. Faith is the thing getting you to heaven. Faith is what giving you the new life. Faith is what giving you the new birth. So faith don't ever shut off. You want to prove it? Okay, I'll prove it to you. Faith is on, and whatever picture you put in front of faith will become the image you believe about yourself. Oh, you know it's true. You know it's true. Don't you kid with me. You know it's true, you silly little thing, you. Okay, what did Adam do? He's like, ah, oh, I got, faith is on. Once that image goes in front of it, faith materializes it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The switch of faith never gets turned off. Never. It's what's keeping you alive. Look at what it said. Thou art my hiding place. Ooh. And my shield, I hope in their word. Look at, look at 119, 116. Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Uphold me according to the word, yeah, that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. My hope comes from the word. You get that? You know you got that. Come on. You're not ashamed. 
That's what Paul said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to change my life, change my situation. So now watch this. I'm going to give you a scripture. going to blow you out. Blow you out of the water. Okay? What's the problem? You do not have a spirit problem. You got a soul problem, man. I am going to unblock, unclog, fix your soul. Your soul is a mess. I'm about ready to do some soul surgery on you and fix your soul. The next two days, I'm going to do soul surgery on you. Look at this scripture. Look at this. This is a mess. I found this in the word of God. I almost, did, I almost ran around the house. I'm telling you, man, Romans 7.20 is going to break this place wide open. You can go there. Romans 7.20. We're going to look at it in the Amplified Bible right after this. We can leave it there, and then we'll go put it in Amplified. Now, if I do that what I not, it is not no more I, but sin that dwells in me. Did you get that? Now, that's a mystery of the church. Church is like, well, it ain't me. Is it me? I don't know if it's me. Paul's talking about unregenerated man. Where in the world is going on here? Look at this in the Amplified Bible. My God in heaven, this is going to change your life. You better get ready. You know, Bishop Jay said, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. You better get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. My God. I think I, I, try, it in the, uh, try it in the passion, too, after this. Now, if I do what I do not desire to do, it is no longer I that do it. It is not myself that acts. Woo. Listen to what I got here. Now, if I do, you got to find this for me because I might have just put in Amplified regular. Now, if I do what I do not desire to do, it is no longer I doing it. It is not myself that acts, but the sin principle which dwells within me. Do you find it? It might not be the classic. It might be the amp one up, but I want you to see this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, there it is. There it is. Look at this. But the sin principle which dwells within me. Yeah, go to the beginning of that. I don't know. Maybe I didn't read it all. Is that what I didn't do? I probably didn't read it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was my bad. Sorry. Now, if I do what I do, now you got to pull this. I'm so excited about this. I'm messed up. Now, if I do what I do not desire to do, it is no longer I doing it. It is not myself that acts, but the sin principle which dwells within me, fixed and operating in my soul. What? It is not myself that acts, but the sin principle. Where that sin principle working? Which dwells within me, fixed and operating in my soul. Are you seeing that? This is where it comes. See, sin tries to get in my mind, my will, my pastor Chris, what do you mean? My emotions. You better believe it. Look at this. Look at this. You can stay in that amp. You can stay in this amplified. You got to pull this up. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 56, and 57. Man, I'm going to show it to you again. This stuff is in the soul. You got to do some soul removal stuff. You got to get some right pictures in that soul. That soul gets messed up, and faith is trying to materialize. You blocked it all up. You got whacked out pictures in your head, wacky stuff, and then your, your faith is like, man, I can materialize whatever you put in front of me, but my God in heaven, we don't want some of this. Look what it says. In 1 Corinthians 15, 56, Amplified says this. Now sin, and now y'all use this at a funeral, 
but you need to read this something in this day. You know, oh, grave, where's your thing? Oh, sin, where's your victory? And all that stuff. Oh, death, where's your thing? That, that's great. But ain't nobody dying around here today. Now, sin is the sting of death. And sin exercises its power upon the, upon the soul. What you say? Through the abuse of the law. That's what you got to get. See what I said? You know the word, right? The word. And then you go, oh, no, I ain't going to do the word. And the next thing you know, sin has affected your soul. That's why your confidence is out the window. That's why your strength and your hope is done. Your sin, man, sin ruins your confidence. Sin is, sin ain't, sin's bad, but sin's bad because it jacks up your confidence. It doesn't keep you confident in your confession. doesn't keep you confident in your life. Sin is a mess because sin hinders your God confidence that you got beyond the veil from the Lord. He's trying to keep you there, but you keep sinning, and next thing you know, and your think is wrong, the enemy tries to refute your mind. He tries to subject your mental picture so you do never see who you really are in Christ. That is why it's so important. But thanks be in God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord. Do you see that? Up where, what? And look at, look at verse 56 one more time. You need to see it. Now what? Now sin, my God in heaven, everybody say now, don't say it out loud. Now sin, now sin, woo, look at this. Now sin is what? The sting of death. And sin exercises its power, where? Upon the soul. It's pressing your soul. Your spirit's perfect. Sin's trying to get in your mind, goofy thoughts. Trying to get in your emotions, running ragged, all this stuff. Man, my God in heaven, Micah in the book of Micah 6, 7, you need to see this. Micah 6, 7, he even says this. In Micah 6 and 7, I want you to look what the prophet wrote here. I got it in the King James. I think I don't even know what I got it in. Shall I give my firstborn for my trans, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Did you hear what I just said? He said, the, shall I give my firstborn for the sin of my soul? In Micah 6 and 7, what is he talking about? He said, will the Lord be pleased with 10,000 rams or 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for the transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He said, your soul sins. Look at this. I got amplified. I'm going to show you some more because that's how I'm going to roll with you. I need you to see it. I want you. I'm going to build a foundation today. I need to fix my soul. Look at Romans 8 and 5, Amplified Bible. Romans 8, 5, Romans 8, 6. I'm telling you, man, I promise you. Then we're going to look at Proverbs 5, Proverbs 5 and 4 in the Passion right after this. You better read these. I'm giving you scriptures, man. I got so much word, I'm jamming this word down you. But you need this stuff. This is where truth comes from. This is where faith comes from. This is why you know I ain't preaching some Reader's Digest garbage to you. Like, oh, that's what I think. People, a bunch of people run around thinking, preaching what they think. Who cares what I think? I don't care what I think. I want to tell you what the Bible says. For those who according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now, the mind of the flesh, which is what? Sense and reason, 
without the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? The mind of the flesh is sense and reason. That's what comes in there. That's what causes you to sin, senses and reasonings. That's, 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 that's 2 Corinthians 10. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. That's what our enemy tries to refute your mind, is death. Death that compromises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and the hereafter. You say, well, what do you mean? But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. You see that? Soul peace. Now watch this. What do he say? Death that compromise, rising from sin. That stuff's trying to get in there. That's what he said, carnal, the carnal mind, separated. Look what it says in Proverbs 5. I'm going to give it to you one more time, then we'll go back to that. We'll go back to that uh, Roman scripture, and I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you go for a minute. We'll go back to Romans 7.20 right after this, Proverbs 5 and 4. Look at Proverbs 5 and 4 in the Passion. This thing's going to mess you up, man. I'm telling you. I got all these scriptures coming at you a million miles an hour. Look what it says here. But I promise you this. What's that? In the end, all you'll be left with is a bitter conscience, for the sting of your sin will pierce your soul like a sword. Did you get that? But I promise you this, in the end, all you'll be left. He's saying don't go chasing after no, 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 no sin because it'll give you a bitter conscience, and for the sting of your sin, it's going to pierce your soul like a sword. Did you get that? That's important. Why? Because that's what happens. It's in your soul you get messed up. So look what he said here, and is, where is it? Where is, where is this stuff happening? Not, look at not if, now, if I do what I do not desire. Now, you got to get that there. That's where hope is found, in desire. You know what I'm saying? That? Whosoever shall say, whatsoever you desire when you pray, whatsoever you desire, whosoever shall say in the mountain, be thou moved, be thou cast into the sea, shall not down his heart, but shall say whatsoever he says shall come to pass. Whatsoever you desire, you desire. Well, there you go. What if I got wrong desire? Well, then I'm going to have wrong problems. I'm going to have messed up stuff. Don't get the wrong desires, carnal desire. He said this. What? what? He said, it's no longer me, but what? It's the principle of sin arising in the soul, fixed and operating in my soul. Where is it? It's in your soul. You got a soul problem, man. You don't have a spirit problem. You got a messed up soul. You got to get hope from the word of God to keep your soul connected so that anchor could bring you to your destination. How in the world does sin get in my soul? i tell you exactly how sin gets in your soul. It's not connected to the word of God. Every time sin arose in your life and got access through your soul, the only nature... Because body don't do nothing. Body just goes where it tells you. The only nature that could be affected by the enemy is your soul. And the only reason why you and I have ever sinned, and this is why faith's got a problem. It's trying to materialize what you can hold in your soul. You say, you, oh, you don't think so? Keep wrong things in your soul. Your faith worked on the goofy stuff. Your faith material. Ooh, you know what? I want to go do this. And you kept it in your soul long enough for your faith to get you there. Your faith materialized what you held in your soul. The enemy knows it. 
That's why he's giving you wrong pictures in your mind, your will, and your emotions, trying to get you to live beneath where God is trying to take you. You see this thing? So now, now you say, okay, I'm going to leave you with this because I got to go. That's a lot of word, and you, you, I know how you are. You're just like, you know, you overload, and then you all just want to go. No, I'm coming back tomorrow with even more, and I'm going to be done. Three-day seminar. You need to share this. You need to go back. You need to watch this over and over and over and over till you get it. Now, watch this. I'm going to show you. Every time your soul had another idea, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's where your hope comes from. Every time your soul grabs something, because your spirit, man, come on, man, your spirit's connected to the Holy Spirit. It don't sin. No. It allows your soul to go off the rail, though, because your soul becomes stronger because the reasonings in the soul mess you up. So once you get soul agreement with spirit, body's rocking. Here's the problem, though. Every time you and I got off in the arena of our soul, we stopped staying connecting to the word of God, which brought us hope. Did you pull that in? Did you pull that in? That's the key. My soul, sin, what? Fixed and operating in my soul. But the sin principle which dwells within me, fixed and operating in my soul. So my spirit can't sin, and my body's kind of neutral, so where is sin getting access? The fa- now, sin is just not obeying God. That's all it is. It's walking out of faith. Every time your soul didn't have the word of God as a target, you have been operating in that sin. And the problem is, if I don't keep the right pictures in my soul as a hope, my faith cannot materialize properly. Your faith will materialize whatever your soul can hold, and the enemy knows it. And that's the reason why he doesn't stop bombarding your mind with nonsense, with wrong reports, doctor reports, cares, fears, subjects of the world, everything you could think of coming at your mind, your will, and your emotions to make you think that the hope you found in the Word of God cannot work on your behalf. And let me tell you something. If you keep those hopes in the wrong place, you will materialize even though your faith has been given you to function within the things of God. It will function the negative mindsets and produce in your life a harvest you do not want to receive. But if you this day will start doing some soul surgery on the way you're thinking, the way your emotions are leading you, the way your mind, your will, and your emotions are acting, I promise you this, your faith will start materializing the promises of God. Because what you got to do is you have to filter the soul. You have to filter the soul. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. How do I filter my soul to keep the right, to keep the right pictures in front of it so my faith can materialize what it needs to materialize to produce lasting change in my life? I promise you, you are on the greatest journey of changing your life forever. These next three days are going to be life-changing. So I want to take a minute. I want to pray for you. I need you to share this. I need you to be prepared tomorrow night again Friday night again, only online. We're going to share it. We're going to keep sharing it. We're going to keep pushing it until you see it the way you need to see it to produce God's lasting change in your life. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you 
for each and every person watching right now. I thank you, Lord, that you're opening this arena of revelation for them to see. Open the eyes of their understanding. Let them see the powerful truths that you're teaching us from the word of God. Let them apply these powerful truths. Let these powerful truths transform their life. Let your light shine unto them. And may the illumination of this word transform their life forever. Let the blessing of God add access to their life where they could see who they are in Christ. Let them do the soul surgery. Let them do the soul changing they need to do so they could produce the level of life you want them to have in every arena of their faith. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.